Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Runverse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to the show. Today we continue our timeline journey with the start of the Heroes of Olympus. Now I'll be doing things a little bit differently with the Heroes of Olympus series, mainly due to the fact that these books are insanely long and um, well going two chapters at a time is just going to take way too much time just in general. So the way I'm going to be doing these episodes is basically by breaking them up into plot and story breaks based on what is provided on the wiki pages. So this week I'll be covering the section to do with the Grand Canyon, also known as our intro from pages 1 to 30. As always, I do still have my points to focus on, so today we've got openings, characters, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. With an... oh god. (laughs) With an amnesiac and a bunch of strangers, we arrive at the Grand Canyon. As storms brew and danger builds, our new trio are in serious trouble. Thankfully, an old friend of ours is here to contextualise. Kind of. And that's pretty much the synopsis for this story break section. I don't actually know how to categorise it. Should I call it like a story break? Yeah, no, I'll call it a story break. Oh, like a plot break. No, I'll call it a story break. We'll go with that. Hopefully it makes sense. Um, Before I go in, I just want to let everyone know that if you want to support this podcast, you can do so now over on Patreon at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran. There's a specific tier dedicated to the Best Damn Camp podcast where you can get early access to the audio, you can partake in the questions of the episode, and also just offer insight of your own to the specific sections that we discuss. And maybe even get a chance to be a guest on the show so uh if you are interested head on over to patreon.com slash a healthy dose of front or check out the link in the episode show notes um but (laughs) promotions aside let us dive in now in this section for the grand canyon it's not actually that big of a section we only have one character's pov obviously we know heroes of olympus is a multi pov and also third person narration um, of the character. So we only have Jason giving the POV basically. His two chapters are just him. There is no other person currently in this section. So I want to do an overview of Jason's section before we dive in. So this is the overview for Jason's chapters. We meet a mysterious stranger named Jason who has no idea who he or anyone surrounding him is is with racists and bullies galore 
our group head out to the Grand Canyon. With coded information revealed from Coach Hedge, trouble arrives. There's a storm a-coming, and it's deciding to get violent. When a classmate decides it's time to kill, Jason's instincts kick in. Newfound friends Leo and Piper are caught in the crossfire, and their satyr is taken captive. But it's okay, because Jason can fly. With the cavalry's arrival, our new trio meet an audience's old friend, and we discover something horrifying. Percy Jackson is missing, and Jason is the key. And that is the overview for these two chapters. Hash, not hashtag, slash Jason's POV. Can you tell I'm still trying to get to grips on how I'm going to be working out the Heroes of Olympus situation here? Um, <laughs> but uh, hopefully that's going to be interesting all the same for everyone listening. But yeah, I want to just dive in straight away. So I want to go into characters instead of starting with the opening section because there is a lot that does kind of happen with the characters, particularly with our new three of Jason, Piper and Leo. Now, I want to talk about Jason first, because obviously these are his chapters, but also there's just something, there's just something about Jason. Now, he's an amnesiac, obviously, which just in general, I'm going to get into the fact that um, I hate amnesiac storylines. They are cheap, they're usually not that well thought out, and it's just, it's just lazy, in my opinion, having an amnesiac storyline. Because they don't, like, they don't offer anything to the story most of the time. They're just there for a plot device and I don't really appreciate it. And unfortunately, it's the same case with Jason. Um, but not only is he an amnesiac, he's also ridiculously judgmental. And, you know, this is the thing. So, um, you can kind of tell that this is a, a male author writing um about teenagers and assuming that all teenagers think about is um uh, a person's looks because uh the only thing that Jason really talks about in regards to Piper and Piper obviously in this situation she believes that they are boyfriend and girlfriend and obviously he has no idea who she is or who he is or anything that's going on but he just continuously refers to the fact that she's really cute. But also they're not like other girls cute. Because she's cute but she tries to hide it. Oh my for God's sake. But also he insults Leo on a regular occasion. Here's a literal line after they get off the bus at the Grand Canyon. Is that the fact that Leo is his supposed best friend. Um, and is really weird and hyperactive is a clear sign that if Leo is his best friend, then yes, his life must be messed up. I'm sorry. What the actual flip? <laughs> like, saying that someone you are interacting with who is a little bit different is incredibly hyperactive. Like, it's very clear that Leo has ADHD. He's, you know, he's incredibly hyperactive. And we kind of get the sense anyway throughout this that well, we find out in this section that they're all demigods. So we know demigods are neurodivergent, such as myself. They have things like dyslexia and ADHD. But the fact that Jason insults Leo, someone he technically doesn't know, 
well not technically someone he doesn't know but he knows that this person believes that they are friends and he insults him by saying if this is my friend my life must be messed up is just really cruel and like that straight away just the fact that he he was really only thinking about piper's looks and also then insults leo at the same time immediately i'm just like okay i don't like this character like gee that's completely unnecessary <laughs> um the one positive i'll give to him though is that he is very astute because he te- like and clearly trained in strategy and planning and stuff like that because he's taking in his surroundings like immediately like the moment they get off the bus he's taking in everything he's seeing around him and categorizing those around him to understand their their role and the part that they play in in a sort of sort of like a sociological sort of way like he's cataloging people into groups and what they kind of fall under so the jock the pretty girl the nerd sort of like well you'd see mean girls basically but you know those aren't exactly the most accurate but the fact that he is categorizing people and just kind of making himself aware of people's presence and where they stand in a social hierarchy i think was a really interesting thing about his character as well as the fact that he noticed straight away that coach hedge knew there was something off about him and he notices this straight away on the bus as well that coach hedge is kind of taken aback by jason's presence so he becomes more aware of the fact that he he knows he's not in the right place because hedge is aware that he's not in the right place um so i just i think that's interesting that his instincts are still playing a part like like even though he doesn't have any memories he has no idea who he is or what his name well he finds out obviously his name is jason but he doesn't really know anything else about his past or anything his instincts are still so strong that he's able to categorize these things and pick up on small little subtle subtle elements of like coach hedge realizing he doesn't belong here and then going to confront him as well when he notices it a little bit more and getting that confirmation and being so relieved that yeah <laughs> it's confirmed that he doesn't belong here so he's not crazy um so i like that he does still have the instinctive aspects aside from the amnesia because when trouble does hit and there is a monster that arrives like his instincts do kick in at that point as well like he has he has a little bit of skill with a sword though he is so so bad at being defensive like he's very good at attacking but he does not how to def- clearly doesn't know how to defend himself very well um so that'd be an area where his instincts would be good to you know improve a little bit but um yeah jason at the moment even though we're getting his pov he's really bland as a character so i currently even though we're in his pov i don't really understand much about his character which isn't really the best thing in the world like you should be able to get an idea of a person's character if you're being told the story from their perspective like i can't really tell anything about his personality other than him being a bit judgmental and kind of being good at noticing things that's all currently i know nothing else about him i know technically he doesn't know anything about himself either but that's kind of what makes it worse his character is so so much of a blank slate that he's instantly boring because we can't learn anything about him we just know that oh yeah so he uses some roman terms for monsters and he has a gold sword that he can fight with 
oh and he has no memory that's all we know about him and that's just that's not interesting like look at the way in which the percy jackson series opened up we're instantly given information about our characters we're instantly able to categorize the sort of person that percy is same with the other characters as well like we get an idea of how grover is like we get an idea of what chiron is like but in this from his pov the only character ironically we're getting a bit of a personality about is piper but not also in the best way so i'll go into piper now actually because straight away (laughs) she is the not like other girls type of beautiful but trying to hide it sort of person um it's noted to us that she is Native American and is harassed for the fact that she is Native American with uh, these popular girls talking about her being on the, like, oh, it must be nice being back on the res when they're in Grand Canyon. Just the other, like, oh, racist stereotyping, which I really did, like, what what is the point of that in this story? In the nicest way, to not even in the nicest way, literally, what was the point of putting racial harassment in a book just to let us know that she's native american like jesus christ there's another way to do that you don't need to have someone being uh, having racial abuse thrown at them for us to figure out that she is native american that's not that, you don't need to do that there is other ways to do that the only thing is that i appreciate about her character is that she's able to hold her own as we see she fights against the storm spirits even though she has no idea what these creatures are because She has no idea what being a demigod is about. She has no idea about anything. But she's able to hold her own. And even kind of like against bullies as well. Like she stands up for herself in a way that I really appreciate. Um, The one thing I don't appreciate is the fact that um, (laughs) she doesn't like people standing up for her. So Jason and Leo let her kind of get bullied and deal with it because she says she doesn't want them to fight her battles for her. I, I don't fully understand that and admittedly I am white so I don't understand the the level of uh well obviously I don't understand anything about experiencing racism but I, I guess t- kind of take it from the side of like when I do experience myself homophobic abuse I'd rather people stand up and support me than just have to deal with it all myself because that's a lot to put on a person especially like she's 15 years old like that's a lot for a single person to have to deal with when there are friends who clearly want to support you and help stand up and fight back and fight with you it's just a little bit weird that she's kind of against receiving help against racist abuse um but anyone if anyone wants to like educate me about that i would really appreciate it it's just something that kind of surprised me a little about her character that she tells leo and jason you know if i'm being racially abused don't help me oh no it just felt a little bit odd um but kind of just to move on i know i was talking about leo but leo we don't get anything about his character we only know that he's hyperactive and he's the class clown that's it and he's kind of useless i guess would be the other thing because he gets knocked out all the time (laughs) Um, which I find funny that he's the one who's getting knocked out a lot in this bit but he's the one who doesn't get the uh the shipping with a brick (laughs) scenario that uh Jason later does um but yeah I don't know there's nothing that we gain much about Leo and considering Leo is a main character and Percy and I know I'm going to keep bringing up Percy Jackson 
The start of Percy Jackson, the main characters that we are introduced to in the start part, we all get an idea of their character. We understand that Grover is a nervous person, but is really loyal to his friends. We understand that Percy himself is also really loyal, but is a bit of a... Not the strongest student, but he still tries really hard. And also we get a little bit about Chiron. He's a good mentor and supporter of the kids that he wants to, you know, help. Like Percy. So we get an idea of their characters. Leo is just like a class clown, so he doesn't feel like a main character at the moment. If Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we could have gotten a bit more about him. Or a bit more characterisation of him in this opening part. But to kind of go into the openings in general... For these opening two chapters, we learn a lot without learning a lot, <laughs> which sounds a little bit like contradictory, but it's not the most positive start just in general. Like we're learning that, you know, Jason has no memory of who he is. He's connected in some way to the fact that Percy is missing. Um, the Piper and Leo have memories of him that he has no recollection of because he doesn't even know who he is. Like. And like I said, the amnesiac plot I just hate in general because they're just they're just for plot and it's really disappointing because it's such a lame amount of plot. And then we only learn a little bit about Piper and nothing about Leo. We don't even learn anything about Jason other than the fact that he clearly knows how to fight, which is boring. Um, <laughs> and it's just it's just for an opening, it's just really bland. I guess the one thing is, like, it's interesting to open up in a state of confusion, in a sense. But that kind of stays the same. Like, there's there's no sort of understanding about the situation or kind of trying to figure out what's going on. I don't know. It's just, it just feels really messy, I guess, is the way to explain it. Like, the main issue is that the opening section is meant to introduce us to the characters and the stakes of the story. But... Our main character is an amnesiac, so we don't know anything about him. And the other two we also learn nothing about because they aren't really being characterised well. As the stakes, technically that is provided. So that's one thing that goes well with this opening in that there is a mistress seeking out to destroy demigods and start a war, but also the fact that Percy Jackson is missing and Jason is the key to that. But though, like, the stakes are the only thing provided, but this like characters are the main thing like they're the things that are driving this story currently jason piper and leo as well in a sense but predominantly jason who is you know the person we're starting with and clearly is meant to be playing a, an integral role he isn't a character who is going through the plot he's a character who's having plot happen to him which isn't always the most interesting of characters because if things are just happening to you and you're just kind of going along you're not an active participant in the story you're passive and i think that's the best way to describe jason jason is just a really passive character which is not an interesting character to read about the story can be interesting but if your character isn't really engaging with it and the, the story is just happening to them like if you can remove him and input a different character or in his case input like a plank of wood <laughs> You know, it's not a good character. And I'll talk about this later on in uh, in next week's episode as well. Because it's just... There's just something about Jason that is just uninteresting. And it's the fact that we don't know anything about him and nothing is provided about him. But overall, there are just better openings. 
and this one isn't like bad but it's not exactly good either because we we've gained nothing except for an idea of the stakes of the plot which as we continue on <laughs> isn't addressed again especially with this mistress situation who's trying to start a war it's not addressed again for nearly a hundred pages that's ridiculous like seriously a war has been discussed and nothing happens for another hundred pages no discussion of this war is brought up again for another hundred pages but I guess for my general sort of summary sort of thoughts is and I know I touched on this briefly but I'm not too sure like how I feel about the racism being included here because it just feels a bit heavy-handed um I don't know and also just the 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 specific racial stereotypes that are given in the harassment that Piper receives like the fact that they assume that her dad is a drunk and things like that and it's really only used to reveal that Piper well the fact that Piper it's used to reveal that Piper is Native American but also that her dad is special and not a drunk stereotype because that he's important which just I just I don't like it I know this is a huge discussion about Rick's work it's just the the really poor written representation for Piper in particular and, and the Native American characters of Piper and her father who do we ever we, we get his yeah it's Tristan his name isn't it we haven't gotten his name yet I don't think oh no I can't remember um no we haven't gotten it yet I don't think we get it for a while actually um but yeah I don't know it's just it just feels a bit much and is really only used to introduce the fact that Piper is Native American and that her dad isn't a stereotype whilst also using racial language to say that he is a stereotype to then just say oh no he's not like that stop <laughs> but then also the other parts just obviously the other things I just don't like I'm using extra storyline because it's cheap and convenient and then also the fact that there's a pick and choosing when it comes to what Jason does and doesn't know like he knows the Roman phrases for monsters as well as using the word fawn for a satyr for coach hedge it just feels too convenient that these are the things that he's remembering which are obviously clearly significant to his character um then obviously like I was saying don't really know anything about Leo he just seems like to be a hyperactive character and he doesn't come across as someone who's meant to be a main character and that does actually continue for a long while um and then Coach Hedge is another one he's been kidnapped and I don't care <laughs> like we we don't know him we don't care about him we have no idea who he is and he's been kidnapped I'm kind of like okay that's bad I guess like I, well obviously it is bad because someone being kidnapped is terrible we don't know we don't care about this person for something bad to happen to someone we have to care that something bad has happened otherwise it's kind of like okay where is my emotional investment for this character though for the things to be happening to them I have to care and at current there is nothing that makes me care about this character just overall it is just a bit of a slow start to a book which is disappointing considering what we're used to with the series 
Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes from here. And in general, what I'm hoping for as it continues is that we get further development of the characters and some contextualizing about their stories and who they are as well. But to go into this week's question of the episode, which obviously will be going up on all of our social media, I want to know how do you guys feel about the opening of The Lost Hero? Do you feel it's a bit slow? Could it have been improved? Whatever the case, let me know either by emailing in or commenting on the question of the episode going up on our social media on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, that is all for this week's episode. Um, next week uh, is already being pre-recorded and it is a very long episode as I do have an incredible guest with me and also we're discussing a much larger section of the book. Um, each section uh, does get a bit longer so hopefully these episodes will be longer than this week's which is only about half like 25 something minutes so uh <laughs> look forward to a longer episode as this series goes on uh as always thank you all for joining me for this week's chapters be sure to join me next wednesday as we continue our Rollinverse journey to plug where you can find our podcast we are available on spotify apple Podcasts, audio boom stitcher deezer and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts in the meantime between episodes you can find the best damn camp on various social media at best damn camp pod on instagram and twitter if you want to email me with your thoughts you can email the best damn camp at hotmail.com and if you wish, you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy Josephran, which is linked in the episode show notes for early access and other exclusive perks. Want more Percy Jackson content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy Josephran. And if you want to support my own writing, drop me a follow at a Josephran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. I'll see slash speak to you all next time. Bye!